I sound like a frog. Jimmy kind of sounds like I, a frog. I am a frog. You are a frog. David, do you sound like a frog today? No, I sound great. Listen to this. Listen oh. to this voice. Oh, you do sound great. Um, <laughs> I'm really very raspy. Very raspy. I didn't even realize it. I talked a little bit this morning. So I'm talking to you guys. I feel like my eardrums are rumbling from my own voice. <laughs> yeah. For anybody that doesn't have context, we, uh, Jimmy and I both just got back from WorkbenchCon yesterday. We were in Atlanta for the weekend. He got back. I got back last night. When did you get back? Yesterday morning? Yeah, me and Jocko and actually Patrick, we all went to the same airport, but Patrick got on a flight to JFK and me and Jocko got on a flight to Albany. We got to the airport yesterday. It's about 7, 6.45 a.m. And I hardly slept. I I, I probably slept one hour the night before just because I was a little neurotic about oversleeping and getting my... Do you realize, did you collect as much stuff as I did? Oh, my goodness. Me and Jocko, yes. like, you needed two more suitcases. I ended up just leaving a bunch of stuff in the room that I was just like, forget it. I, I roomed with Derek, and I just left a bunch of stuff at Derek, and he says he'll find somebody to give it to. But he left He yes. left it yesterday evening. It was... It was kind of funny, though, because, like, I, you know, you walk around all the booths. I, in, in all three years that I've been there... I have not gone around to the sponsor booths. I just never make it to walk around to see what they're showing off. They're like I. giving away clamps and giving away <laughs> glue and giving away just like all the stuff. And people were walking out with these armfuls and bagfuls of stuff. I'm like, how are you going to fly back with that? Yeah. Rockler was giving away that, that that cool tool bag. So everybody got one of those to at least yeah. pack with stuff. A lot of people were handing me little things that they had made, which was really cool. Um, but it ended up being a pretty big mass of stuff. And luckily we were driving, so it wasn't a big deal. I also got my hammer from Zach. Oh, cool. From ZH Fab. He made me that hammer, and it is gorgeous. Yeah, he's gotten so good at making beautiful hammers. He makes these, like, ceremonial hammers that are just incredible. If you don't know ZH Fabrications, go follow Zach. He's got my logo engraved on the side of it. It says ILTMS on the top, and then the handle is this. It's like a fade of black to orange up the, the wood grain handle, and it's just gorgeous, man. And I was I asked him if he would drop it for me. Like if he would just, before he handed it to me, if he would drop it on the floor to go ahead and put a ding in one of the faces, so I didn't have to be the first one to do it, because the faces are you know just mirrors, they look really gorgeous. But yeah, I'm looking forward to using it. It's gonna be cool. Nice. Yep. Technically speaking, you're only supposed to hit red hot metal with that. No nails. True. Theoretically. <laughs> <laughs> but a hammer is a. You're hammer not supposed to. Hammer, you're not right? supposed to stamp. 5,000 ice picks with a ceremonial $500 hammer that someone gave me. Not supposed to do that. <laughs> Only supposed to hit okay. hot metal. I'll remember to not do that when I make my Duresta ice picks. Cool. Wow. It was a good weekend. It was uh, lots and lots of people. They said there were like 502 people there because they were supposed to be 500 and she let a couple through by accident before she shut down the ticketing. But so there were like 500 people there, which was a lot bigger than the first year. You know, obviously it's grown quite a bit. Um, but man, what a cool group, just old friends. Like Jimmy and I were just saying ahead of time that we always talk about hanging out at these things and then we get to say hi at the very beginning and that's pretty much it. We don't really run into each other the rest of the time. (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty good. What did, what kind of takeaway did you come away with? If anything? Well, one thing that was really interesting to me was the, I felt a little old, not, I mean, I always feel old in age, but I felt old in Oh, really? And how old are you, youngster? I'm way younger than you are, (laughs) that's for sure. (laughs) No, I felt old in 
I don't mean that as a negative thing. I mean, like, I was a little proud because I was sitting around a table with a bunch of people who kind of came up in the same time that we did doing this stuff. And, you know, it was like we were all sitting back talking about, like, business stuff and 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 just, like, you know, this is difficult. This is great. You know, like, I'm thinking about doing this and kind of sharing plans and sharing stuff. And then a minute later, you would go talk to somebody who was like, I'm really scared to make a YouTube video, but I really want to try it. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that seems like forever ago. But it was super encouraging because the field of people who are interested or who have just started or who have been doing it a little while is so much bigger than the group, at least in this one event, you know, the group of people who are like the old fogies who have been doing it for a long time. Yeah you know, kind of crotchety about the whole thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. I call it like freshman and senior. That's kind of thing. There's a, there was funny. There was, a, <laughs> yeah. there was a lot of freshmen in year one, three years ago, that have really good traction now, three years later. And that was really nice to see. So many, so many young, you know, we, it's sometimes it's YouTube, but for the most part, it seems like a lot of guys really just do, do some work on Instagram and Facebook. You know, that's why this is, this is a mm-hmm. nice event because it's not just YouTube. It's Facebook, Instagram, and a lot of people do really well on those other platforms doing exactly what we all do and you'll dabble in YouTube or, but in general, it's just really nice to see people growing because the, the entry level is completely fair game for anybody, what we do. And that, that's yeah. the, that's the best thing about, that's the one thing I found that this, what I take away from WorkbenchCon is that anybody can do it. And like I said it a couple of times when I was on the microphone, take advantage of us, bother us that's why we're here you know like talking about the senior class if that's what you want to call us the senior class that have experience dealing with advertisers have experience with just putting up content that's going to garnish more views garnish more subscribers and so it was nice to just chit chat with people that are thinking about starting a channel don't even have an instagram yet and guys that are you know junior seniors you know, uh, what are you, freshman? I don't know, freshman, yeah. junior. What are the f- sophomore? Sophomore, yeah, those kind of in that category. Yeah, and you can see some guys with huge potential that you know they're just going to keep growing, and it's really nice to oh, see. Yeah. You know, that, I, I say it all the time, and it's it's so cliche, and I'm at a risk of being redundant. This this community is so open, and the the competitiveness is is like almost non-existent. You know, I have friendly competitions with this competitions with friends and people and we goof off, but nobody's serious about it. Everybody, like even Derek said to me, because I'm so energized leaving this event that he's like, I, I feel like I'm, I'm I don't want to quote him, misquote him, but he said something to the effect of like, I'm given such a great opportunity and I really need to take advantage of it. You know, just be, because Derek is, hmm. is very charming and he talks to all the advocates. He's friends with everybody, Rustolium. He's like, I really, really got to yeah. take advantage of, <laughs> of this opportunity to to make videos and do, you know, he's like, I'm being given every opportunity to do this thing. And so anyway, it, it, he's just a microcosm of what most of the, what I've heard, you know, hanging out yeah. in the lobby. He's a, he's a really good example of the community you're talking about, though, because, yeah. like, I sat down and talked to him a couple of times. This is Derek from Malden, in case anybody yeah. is confused. I sat down and talked to him a few times just because we have a lot in common. We talk about kids and we talk about parenting and whatever, whatever. But every single time, he would pull out his phone and be like, hey, have you seen so-and-so that does so-and-so? He's amazing. And he's like, he knows flipping everybody. Through phone. Like, 
Yeah, he knows everybody, and he's excited to tell you about, yeah. like, this guy knows how to paint, and he shows you how to do this and get this effect, and blah, blah. He, oh, did you know so-and-so? And he's, like, <laughs> bringing people up and introducing. Yeah, he really, he's, he's really good terminal like that. And actually, it's very funny. He told me a funny example of that. It's like, for years, maybe like a year, Derek was like, you got to watch Paul Pinto. This young kid is coming out of nowhere. You got to watch Paul Pinto. You got to watch Paul Pinto. And he said it to me so many times, and then I got a suggested video for Paul Pinto. I watched it. I was like, wow, this guy's great. What a great stylized video. Very, very talented. And the very next day was Maker Fair New York a couple of years ago. And like the third person I bumped into that day was Paul Pinto. It was like so weird that <laughs> yeah. I, Derek had been mentioning it. And just randomly, I watched the video. It wasn't like action reaction. He mentioned it like that month. Watched the video. And the next day, Paul Pinto came and he handed me a hammer. And he goes, I'm giving this to you just because you've inspired me. And he and I, me and Paul, have been friends ever since. Wow. And of course, he's doing so well. But, I mean, that's a... That Derek spotted him months and months mm. and months before that. So, And he does that with a lot of people. So, Yeah. But it's it was a great weekend, and it's just great to connect with people. And the, the funniest part about the whole weekend, and Bob, you can attest to this as well, and so can you, Dave. You meet somebody, you're talking to them for like, a, like an hour, and they think you know exactly who they are. And then suddenly they're like... <laughs> A mushroom cap woodworks and you're like oh my god you're like i've been talking to you on a parallel universe for the last like yeah. you might even like be talking to them in the lobby and then they text you later still not making the connection so you're talking to mushroom cap woodworks and then you realize you're talking to him in the lobby at the same time so that's nice when like those walls start blending and breaking down so, you, well, you walked up with a guy and introduced oh, him will. and you said his name yeah will and and i was like oh cool i don't know a will and so we start talking. He's really nice. We talked for a long time about all sorts of stuff. And then we're saying goodbye. <clears throat> and he, like, picked up his phone. To, he was like, hey, can we take a picture? I'm like, yeah, sure. And on the back of his phone was his sticker. Yeah. And it says JK Canvas. And i like, whoa, whoa, wait a second. <laughs> and I just gave him a hug. I'm like, this dude is awesome. He leaves awesome comments. Yeah. He's a big supporter of everybody. He's incredible. But it was so funny. I had no idea. Because, like, we see people, you know, like, we remember yeah. people as logos, basically. Exactly point of interaction but exactly that's uh yeah um, another another kind of cool thing from the weekend was a couple of big conversations with you know people like april and benueta and people who have been around this stuff for a while and do you know not just videos but do other stuff and you know all of us who make videos are always trying to figure out kind of what the next thing is or what's a thing that we can add to it to make it better or what's another business we could bring on to make it easier to kind of supplement income or you know there's always another thing that somebody's trying to figure out and it kind of seems like when you're when you're thinking about that process by yourself it kind of seems like well everybody's probably going to end up on parallel paths we're probably going to end up all doing some version of a secondary income stream that's pretty similar we're all going to sell a product or we're all going to whatever whatever and then from sitting around a table talking to those people and a bunch of other people, I realized that everybody is splintering in entirely different directions, yeah. doing really unique, cool things. And it's it goes back to the competition thing where I don't feel competition because we are doing stuff that is not in line at all. And it's all awesome. It's all going to work. It's all going to be interesting, but it's not like overlapping. Another thing I realized is that, and I tell this, I, I might have even said it when I was in my talk. The, the I couldn't hear that. Sorry. I was say another <laughs> your talk. I c couldn't hear any. Oh, oh yeah, no, I, I couldn't hear yours either. And I was sitting right by the speaker. <laughs> it was just like <laughs> I don't 
I, I'm going to talk to Kristen so and see if we could figure this out. I'm going to see Kristen in a couple of weeks at another event, and she's like, "Let's brainstorm." Cool. But besides that, <clears throat> the um, the one thing I thought was really cool is that we all have overlapping sponsors and business opportunities and companies that we all work with. What's great, though, and I'm sure the companies love this, is that we all have our own very, very unique relationship with them. And some people get huge payouts. Some people get just free product. Some people, and everybody's happy with whatever that deal is. Of course, we all always see a brighter future, more, more bigger, better, faster with everybody. But what I find is so interesting is like, there, everybody has their own fingerprint on what it is they're doing, and we're all like in the same arena. But you know, Bob, you had a relationship with Lowe's, and I had a relationship with Lowe's, and now April has a relationship with Lowe's, and each one of those are totally different. I never told this. My relationship with Lowe's was supposed to be a podcast series. That's how it started. I was going to do a podcast every week. I was going to be the host of a podcast of like home improvement, working in the shop. That was how it started two years ago. That's how the conversation started. And then everything changed internally. I had signed a contract with them for that. We were ready to go. And it was a pay or play, basically. Like if you we don't do it, you still get paid. But they didn't want to let that happen, even though they canceled the podcast concept. And so I ended up doing videos instead. So that's how my video, you know what I'm saying? So every one of us has a very exclusively different relationship with everybody. And it's not like, hey, what did you get? How come I'm not getting the same thing? It just flows because we're all just right. happy. We're getting, you know, we're just happy to be acknowledged. And mm-hmm. and so that's what's, if you're if you're in the freshman, sophomore class out there and you're thinking about this business and like, don't see like what, what we're doing and think you have to do it exactly the same way. And, you know, and honestly, that's what Derek's really good at is like, he has a relationship with Lincoln just because he talks to them. He's not getting the same yearly salary I am. He's has a relationship with, with Rust-Oleum. And all I ever do is badmouth Rust-Oleum, so I'm afraid to go near their booth. <laughs> so <I don't> even, <laughs> but he has a great relationship with Rust-Oleum and, and Total Boat. And, you know, and so all I'm, I guess the point of what I'm saying is, is if, if you're a newbie at this, don't be afraid to talk to somebody that any of us talk to because there's varying degrees of relationships. It's not all big money. People are happy to work with, I guess you would call those micro-influencers. Yeah. And a great example is what XCarve did many years ago. Remember, XCarve gave, if you had, I think if you had 10,000 subscribers, they gave everybody, they gave away, yeah. I don't know, did they give away 100 machines? I forget what it was. Oh gosh, I have no idea, a lot. They gave away 100 <laughs> machines. And that, and everybody still talks about XCarve. And if you do the budget, those machines were $1,000 at retail. Maybe they were $500 you know, uh, on a wholesale price, if you gave out 500 machines to a thousand YouTubers, I don't know how much money that is. I'm bad with math. I know that's easy math, but if they had to do it, 50,000, if they had to do an ad campaign, that's even cheaper than an ad campaign. And that is, yeah, everyone's still talking. If they ran an ad for say, it might've been $250,000 to run an ad in front of, you know, hundreds of YouTube videos for a month, it wouldn't have made the same impact. And they paid a fraction of that price. So, yeah. But the question I get asked a lot is, you know, you're saying approach, it's okay to approach these companies. People ask me all the time, how do I get a sponsorship? And I'm like, I have no idea because I've always been contacted. I don't know how to reach out to somebody else. I don't know how to find the right email address. So do you have a a suggestion for that? Honestly, I'm the same way. I, I know. Well, it's yeah. Well, I had this conversation with Blake, and I told him maybe I should come on his podcast. Blake Weber, I can come on his podcast, and we can actually have more in depth conversation because. 
he's he's in the you know the junior sophomore leagues and and uh, he's saying like how do you get a sponsor what do you think I should do and <clears throat> in my opinion I think it's important to just like I, I made this whole analogy of like being at the dance like you're at the dance and you know the pretty girl is you know this is a metaphor for the company you want to work for in my opinion I think you got to wait till the till the pretty girl notices you and then you mm-hmm. have a, a better negotiating point of view if you yeah. approach the girl she might say oh you know if you approach the girl the company They'll offer free product just to kind of seed you and see where it goes. They'll be like, let me give this guy a couple of free things. And you might feel like I, I'm deserving of more than free things. And then you say, I want free tools and a $2,000 fee for a video. And they'll be like, no, 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 no. And then all of a sudden that relationship is weird. So I think it's more important from my experience to just wait it out. And people get anxious because they start this business and they're like, they think they're going to immediately start making money. I have people ask ask me all the time at these events or even just through personal email, hey, I have a thousand subscribers. Do you think that's enough to start approaching people? And I say it all the time. I think I was at like over 100,000, maybe nearly 200,000 before I really started getting approached by people. And because I was in in a fortunate situation where I can go and work for Bullet Bourbon or I can go do this, I could go do that, make money doing private client work. I didn't need that money, you know, whatever your regular day job is, keep that regular day job until that day job becomes a hindrance to your YouTube, Instagram influencer stuff. Don't, don't do this thinking, okay, now I got 10,000 subscribers. You need to be over a hundred thousand before you have like a position of real influence in, in the eyes of some of these companies. That's, that's my personal experience. So just go to the dance, like for instance, uh, maker, what, what was the event we were at? Workbench maker comp. Workbench <laughs> Central, <laughs> Workbench Central Catskill Camp. This is all weekend long. I was just mixing the name of everything. Just go to go to a yeah. Workbench Con or a Catskill camp, Mountain Maker Camp and and mix with the with the with everybody. You mix with an influencer that could you know. Some of us also have opportunities to bring other people in. Very rarely, but it's like, hey, can you help me f- meet that person? Can you help me meet that person? And so hang out, be social, and people will start to be like, oh, who's that? Who's that? You know, just get noticed. And that's when you're at the dance and eventually... And and, and it doesn't hurt to just walk around at these shows and chit-chat with people. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I make these things. Oh, you know, by the way, I already own your tool and I use it all the time. I really love it. Great. Walk away, give a card and leave. This way, it piques their interest. It's not like, hey, I already have your tool. Give me all your accessories. I have 100 subscribers. That's a little too forceful. It's a little too weird. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, these, these companies, they... It's it's got to be beneficial for both parties, you and and the company. And what the company cares about is getting their product in front of eyeballs. So numbers mean a lot to them. How many subscribers and how many views you got? That that's what they're that's what they're looking for. And sometimes that helps to just already be using those tools. And if you make yeah. noise within the community, they're going to eventually see you and like, hey, this guy is successfully using our tools. Maybe we should reach out to him. I don't personally work with many tool companies anymore. Just because I found they don't have the budget like like the like the bigger like Squarespaces and and yeah and what's um, funny I, I I just had this conversation Windows. with my agent the other day I I don't even have a like everyone like you see high cokies all over the European makers I don't even have a tool company like I have yeah. I have remnants of various ad placements I have Hitachi I, I have Bosch I have Dewalt I have Craftsman they're all kicking around my shop I'm not in line with any one of those people. I don't talk to mm-hmm. any of those people ever, never hardly ever did. 
I mean, as far as DeWalt goes, I talked to them four times. I did maybe five ads for them in the last nine years, and that's it. I don't have an ongoing relationship with them. I think it's a mistake for them, but what do I know? I'm sure they, they don't need us. <laughs> but, you know, it, I talked to my agent. I'm like, can we find a tool brand that wants to just be on my channel? I mean, I feel like yeah. I'm leaving money on the table at this point in my career, and that's why I did it now, to be there. Yep. I personally feel that if you do a sponsorship and I'm just I'm just going to make something up but if you do a sponsorship with DeWalt the first thing DeWalt wants to know is what's the video going to be about then yeah. all of a sudden they have an influence on what you're making if I do a, yep. squ- a sponsorship yeah. with Squarespace they have they don't care what the video is about I can that's make funny. whatever I want and that's, that's true. I like that freedom yeah that's really true and even even in the case where like sometimes not always but those Squarespace type deals will have a lower uh, income for us <clears throat> Then maybe like a Lowe's or a something big, but that whole that freedom, that absolute freedom you have, counts for so much more yeah. than the extra few dollars that you would get from it being you know a little bit higher because that that fast money or that easier money um, kind of wears on you over time. But having consistent lower paying stuff that you have total freedom with like that counts for a lot for me yeah. personally. Yeah. So a lot of people asked about you, David, this weekend. A lot of people told me to give you a really, really hard time. So for the rest of the episode, we've got about 40 minutes. I'm going to give you a super hard time and make you feel really... No, I'm just kidding. I'm going to address, I'm gonna address this. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I'm i a socially awkward person. I get very anxious when I go to these events. And so, and it really, it really wears on me. Like by, by when the event's over, I'm just like completely exhausted and there's this whole recovery period. And... So I'm really picky about the events that I go to. And the, usually the ones I do go to, I'm asked to speak or I'm asked to be part of something. And that's a little bit more motivation to go. And I'm even picky about those. So I know people want me to go and and I know people people want to meet me, but it's it's really it's really, really exhausting. And I I'm getting less anxious as I get older. I'm getting better about it. But I mean I for my own, just for my own well-being, I got to be picky about where I go. And plus, travel is expensive, and you know, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm begging everybody to not make me feel guilty for not going. <laughs> no, I'm totally, I'm totally kidding. No, yeah. nobody wanted you to feel guilty. People legitimately just wanted to to meet you. Yeah, and that does mean a whole lot. I mean, looking out for your own well-being and that stuff is way more important than like shaking hands with stuff. I think um, a lot of people were just, you know, genuinely interested in, in hanging out with you and spending time with you. And they, lots of great things about the podcast, lots of really nice uh, comments from people and stuff. You know, it blows uh, my mind. And I, I want to, I just want to thank everybody. I've heard it a couple of times this weekend and also obviously in comments, people listen to the podcast right up to the final episode. And then they start at the beginning. That blows my mind. And <laughs> I'm so honored. I mean, I know you guys That's are awesome. as well. I'm so honored that this means that much to so many people that they would do that. It just blows me away. And that it's a resource. And like, you could listen to an episode twice and it's funny, certain podcasts that I listen to, nothing's new. So I'll go back and I'll re-listen to a story. So I, I guess I can identify, <clears throat> but it's just, it's just an honor. And, and I want to just say thank you. Yeah. Likewise. Well, so while we were off in Atlanta mm-hmm. this weekend, you did some cool stuff. I did some do, cool stuff. David? So I went on my own little trip. I visited, briefly visited Brian Prusa in, in Columbus. I sold him a tool 
And then I used that money to go go-kart part shopping. I went to, there's a place just west of Columbus. I went there and then drove to Indiana. And then the next day I went to another go-kart place. And it's a, when you're, when you're diving into something new, you don't know the language and you don't know what to buy. So sometimes it's nice to see things in person and, and talk to people who know what they're doing. I, um, you know, we get, we get questions all the time. Like I'm just starting metalworking. I'm just starting woodworking. Where do I begin? And it's easy. You just like, Oh yeah, you just get the tools that you need to, for, for the project. But this now is helping me understand that you don't even know what some of the tools or some of the things are called. So you don't even know what to ask for. And uh, so this is kind of a, it's a good, good learning experience for me. And so I picked up some go-kart parts. I, the go-kart that I had last fall, I was going to use that as a model for the, the one that I'm going to build. I actually, I'm selling that to a friend. And I got a different chassis that I'm going to model off of because I wanted to get something that's a little bit more common, has more common spindle set up and, and things so I can easily buy parts for this new one as I need it. So I now have two go-kart chassis, and but the one's going to go to a friend soon. And So yeah. so for so, that, you, you did buy a new chassis to model? Not, not a new one, one. Uh, a used one, yeah. Um, well, uh, yeah, yeah. sorry, a second one, but yeah. you did get it in-house so that you could, like, measure precisely to it? Yes. That, was that the I, idea? I actually, okay. I mean, I bought a whole cart. Like, it's, it was race-ready when I bought it. So now I have two go-karts that are completely oh. torn apart in my garage. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I bought it, and the day that I brought it home, I started taking it apart, got it down to the bare chassis, and we're taking measurements, and... Yeah, I'm, there's nothing holding me back from from getting started. I just I just need to start cutting tubing. I have everything that I need. The one thing that I'm missing is is a nice flat welding table. Flatness is really important. So I ordered a tabletop from WeldingTables.com. Is that the is that the place? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got a two foot by four foot table coming from them pretty soon, and uh, it's off to the races from here. You said a tabletop was it? A, is it a table that you build your own base for? Yeah, yeah. I'm oh, actually cool. going to use the router table base that I took out of my shop last week, and the tabletop's just going to sit on that. So, oh, good, yeah, very cool. <clears throat> I'm I keep coughing. I'm so sorry. I got to. <laughs> yeah, we're all coughing, or at least the two of us are, because we talk <laughs> so much. <clears throat> um, we don't really have any particular topic. Um, I can look through and see if we have any questions, but we didn't really plan for anything to talk about. You want to? I, I, I could talk about a little funny thing, and people are blown away when I tell them this. This weekend, I, I released the, the Shaquille O'Neal stool video. The video, oh, yeah. the event happened the, on the Saturday that we were together, which was this, this past Saturday. So I wouldn't, I wasn't able to be there. I just want to kind of maybe get you guys' opinion on this stupid thing. There's a couple, there's a couple <laughs> pieces to unwrap about this concept. So. Hmm. At the beginning of February, my brother's friend is a licensee. He's like the head licensee of Tonka. He's a huge toy company in Florida. He's like he got a million divisions. And he makes his money not as the originator of a lot of products, but he licenses brands. For instance, Tonka is one of his many brands. He gives an exclusive licensing deal with the Hasbro who owns Tonka and basically utilizes that license and expands as many product lines as he can under that brand. And one of them is Tonka and he thought to hire Shaquille O'Neal for the day to do this event. I think he might be his ongoing 
I'm not sure. He might be his ongoing advertising guy. I don't know. <clears throat> but Jay is an old friend I've known for years. He's given me probably tens of thousands of dollars in business in various ways or another in, in the last 25 years. And uh, actually, as a matter of fact, now that I think about it, I remember one of the first big contracts me and my brother got was from Jay. It was like we were in Hong Kong having dinner and one thing led to another. And then Jay said something like, and my brother and I like, oh, that would be. And I remember we said the number and we both kind of like kicked each other under the table. We, and it wasn't like we were taking advantage because we had employees and stuff at the time. He said it was like $20,000. And Jay's like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a direct deposit tonight. We got to get going on this. And me and my brother looked at each other. We were like, oh my God, that's a, a tremendous amount of money. And at the time it was, and it still is. So Jay gave us a really first big break in the toy business in 94, whatever, ongoing, ongoing relationship. And now I'm here and my brother and Jay are over there. And my brother called me. He's like, Jay, Jay needs a big stool for Shaquille O'Neal. We would ch chat. It might be a good idea for a video. I was like, okay, great. Awesome. So I just made it. I never, ever asked how much I was getting paid or even if I was getting paid. And people are blown away. They think I'm getting a fortune from Shaquille O'Neal. They think I'm getting a fortune from Tonka. They think... It, it's a bill that I would probably charge five thousand dollars for, if I if on a typical commission. But we never talked money. And another thing, so I am going to get paid a little bit. We talked about I'm probably going to get about three thousand dollars, which is which is great because I built it knowing I probably wasn't going to get paid at all because I was really just doing Jay a favor. But now that I built that for free without getting you know I'm putting free in air quotes. I'll probably get something in the long run. But now everybody at the toy fair saw that stool and they're like, wait, can you build a brick product for me? Can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? Mm. So by me just jumping in and just basically giving it away, being open source, and like I said, and I'll enforce this, I will get paid something somehow, some way. But being a little bit more open and not being petty, I feel like it's going to bring more rewards in the long run. And... uh I, I I just I just wanted because everybody thinks I made seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars to make that stool and I didn't, so <laughs> because there was like a couple of big brands and what what's really also funny, and my comments, probably about three percent or four percent of the comments are like, "What is Tonka? I never heard of it." Mm, really, <laughs> it's unbelievable to me because that's such a huge brand wow. to our generation. So they probably may, they might be Europeans, but I know Tonka's an international brand. Hmm. Um, oh, and then uh, I had another point to make on this concept. Oh, so I had the video all ready to go, and this is where I want your opinion. I had the video all ready to go, and I knew I wasn't going to be at the event because I was going to be with you guys. And so my brother was going to be at the event, and I said to my brother, just get me a couple of good snaps of him sitting on the stool, and then once you text them to me, I'll text them to my guys who do my behind the scenes, they'll put the the image in and then we'll put the video live and so great so my brother sent me a couple of really like eight pixel videos of Shaquille walking around the event and sitting on the chair because <laughs> he's got a, like a pixel phone or something and I have an iPhone so when you when 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 it's non iPhone to iPhone the image comes in they like they want to force you guys to collaborate somehow like you got to get a pixel phone or you got to get an iPhone Anyway, so I, I didn't get any good video, but I got a couple of good stills, and I wasn't planning on re-editing the video. So three hours later, when the video went live with the picture my brother gave me that I emailed to my guy, he's like, dude, big mistake, big mistake. Why is the video doesn't have Shaquille on the end of it? 
I was like, what are you talking about? He goes, there's no video, there's no payoff. Shaquille's not in the end sitting on the stool. I go, there's multiple reasons, most of which is the video's ready to edit and go. It was already uploaded and ready to go. And just, we just had to hit publish once we set the thumbnail. I go, the video you sent me was worthless. And I'm not there. I mean, in a real life situation, I don't always follow the products. I'm not friends with Shaquille. I mean, Tonka's the client, you know, in all theoretical ways. I, yeah. And, the video ends. Most people don't watch it to the end anyway. And uh, a couple of people were like, this is clickbait. Shaquille's not in the video. This is like, don't watch it. It's clickbait. He's not in the video. But I don't say Shaquille's in the video. I just said, I show a picture of him sitting on it. And then the video is me yeah. making it in my shop. And that's it. So I was just wondering what your opinion was. I Because I thought it through. I asked a couple of guys at the show. And I was just like, you know what? This video is about me making something. It's not about Shaquille O'Neal as the celebrity. I mean, of course, I'm biting on his fame because I used his image in the thing, but he's the guy who got it. Right. Well, I mean, I don't know. There's kind of two ways to look at it. Obviously, he's in the thumbnail, so it is real. It's not like you were making up a story about him. Yeah. It being for him, and then it just like never, you never actually saw it. But I don't know. I mean, from my perspective, I probably would have waited and put the video out. <clears throat> Maybe like waited till I could have added that clip in. Right. But if you do, if you miss it, you miss it. Right. right? You can't do anything about right. that. If you don't have the clip, you can't put it in. But like rather than trying to get the video out right away, mm -hmm. I probably would have waited a little bit mm -hmm. and tried to put in a clip or or like put the photo in the video at the end and maybe talk about it or something like that. Yeah, but that was what I wanted to way, do. I wanted to put a couple of stills. But now, since that event, I got better video. And then the next vlog I do, I'll do a little bit. I'll do a little piece on it. So yeah, so. I mean. There's no right or wrong, you know, yeah. and but no matter which one you would have done, somebody would have given you guff about it, you know, yeah, <laughs> or something. Yeah, I mean, so anyway, the video is doing above average. I've, I've been doing my my channel, like I said, the old man has made his way past the puddles and the murk, and come over and dialed my knob up a little bit. So. <laughs> Again, yeah. Again, yeah. So this week, eventually, he's gonna he's gonna work his way out of that west side of the basement, murk his way over to the other side. <laughs> Um, one thing you mentioned there about like doing, doing the work, you know, for a friend or doing it to kind of f theoretically for free, assuming it's for free, uh, with the intention of it getting or with the hope that it would get more, that is absolutely valuable for people who are getting started, who are trying to figure out how to get exposure. But I think there is a danger. I'm not counteracting what you're saying. Yeah. I'm, I'm no, the very special. That. I think that's the, just the, the caveat is Jay has given us literally tens, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars of work in the last 30 years. And he's a friend yeah. and he's the kind of guy I could get. Jay, can I borrow a hundred grand? And he'll give it to me. You know, that's the kind of friend he is. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen him in a long time, but he's very close with my brother. But my family, his family is that kind of family. So that's why I didn't get petty and be like, how much is it going to be? I don't know if I should get started. Yeah. But it set off a chain reaction of other stuff with one of my one of my brands, which is great because Lincoln was kind of dragging their feet on a couple of things like repairing my machine. And I said, hey, I have this opportunity. And they're like, let's go with it. Let's get your machine in order. So that helped facilitate that. So I utilized it for a couple of things. But go ahead. And I think that's that's an important point. Like you were doing that for a person. You were you were willing to do a free thing to help somebody out who means something to you. And, you know, you're just doing it like that. The danger comes in when people think that that thing always applies to brands. <clears throat> like where you're just like, well, I really want to work with brand X. So I'm just going to make them a thing for free. And we're going to do a, a free project, you know, that's technically sponsored, even though I'm not getting paid. <clears throat> and the problem with that, not, I mean, that works sometimes, but the problem is it sets a precedent 
between you and that company. Now, outside of that relationship, maybe that doesn't matter, but you're setting a precedent there where next time they're going to like, well, why, why should we pay you for something? Because you did it for free last time. Right. And so <clears throat> I think, you know, I just wanted to give like a cautionary yeah. little add-on to that to make sure that you're understanding what Jimmy's saying about doing stuff for free. And either one of those situations can still have a really positive, long-term, broad yeah. effect for sure. But just realize that when you work with a brand and you do something for free, you are setting yourself up for a certain type of relationship with them. If I may add on to what you're saying, Bob, that also lowers the bar for <laughs> the entire circle, the True. entire field, because now that brand is like, hey, we just, you know, we don't have to pay anybody. There's a, there's a million people, a thousand people who will just take free tools for exposure. So, I mean, it's free tools is, is awesome. Um, but a longer term relationship where it's benefiting both parties is even better. Totally. Agree. Try to think longer um, term. Uh, and, and we got it. We like as as influencers get bigger, more eyeballs and stuff like we have, you got to be careful, too, because when they, they'll look at a budget for us and be like, oh, wow, you know what? With this same money we can spend on one person, we can get 25 micro influencers and maybe hit a bigger broad base. So mm -hmm. it's it's a it's a strange time. And, you know, that's why I go back to. Every single personal relationship that we have with a brand, you know, the three of us have worked with Rockler. That relationship has been exclusively different each time. It's not just a, a form. And that's why I'll never work with a brand that says, if you're interested in working with us, just go to this page and fill out this form. Like that, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> there's a couple of, yeah. there's a couple of brand companies that do that, that say, you know, they're yeah. like, they're like brand facades for several brands and they're going to put you in their lineup which I guess it doesn't hurt to be in their lineup, but it doesn't mean you have a brand deal in many cases. It just means you've just been put in their Rolodex, which is, is not a bad thing. I, I have the, the kind of same reaction to that type of company because there are a bunch of those where like, fill out this thing, you'll be in our marketplace, and then we'll just match you with brands. They're matching all of the people that have come in with all of the brands, which seems kind of like a bad idea. I will say that a couple of times... Um, I have signed up for those just to be in the running because I know that they're attached to specific brands. And it's kind of interesting that we've gotten some personal contact for personal brand deals out of those being in that Rolodex that like you're talking about, just being in that pool of people that they're looking at. Um, so it, it does put you at kind of level footing with everybody else who's filled out that form. So that's kind of a drag. But at the same time, you're still in the pile of notes that they're looking through and sometimes good stuff can come out of that. Now, we had a, a, a Twitter question a while back that kind of comes up here, kind of relates. <clears throat> and it was asking about, it was from uh, Ian, asking about what happens when a sponsorship deal goes wrong, or maybe like there's bad press or there's a scandal around somebody that you've already had a relationship with. And I was kind of hesitant to talk about that because I don't want to give free publicity to people who have had bad things happen. <laughs> but it's kind of hard not to talk about brand names and stuff in that. And I have one example, or actually I have two examples um, of stuff like that. But do you have anything that you guys have run into around that where like maybe you, you did a sponsorship and then something happened and you are I, historically stuck to them somehow? I, I, I did a... Um... Maybe a year ago, a year and a half ago, I did a sponsorship video with a router, like a, um, uh, Wi-Fi router extender company. And it was, uh, I was, it was through an agency. So it wasn't directly with the company, 
And it was a router extender that I already had in the house. So I'm like, this is perfect. Yeah, I already used the product and, and, I, and I love it. And I did, made the video and everything went great. And then that company, they kept delaying the payment. Like, sorry, we're, we're, some things are happening here. The payment's getting delayed. And then like a couple months later, like, hey, keep bugging them. And it turns out they got bought out by another company. And then as soon as they're like, hey, we can now say that we're being bought out. This other company is going to handle the payment. And then the other company then paid. But it took like three months to get this this payment. I was really worried because that had never happened to me before. I don't want to threaten legal action over, you know, whatever it was at the time, a couple thousand dollars probably. And I didn't know what to do. And I know... It's really, really easy these days to just go to Twitter and publicly shame somebody, but that's not that's not a good thing. And I yeah. try not to do that. I, I, so, I've been offered to do that a few times. I've been encouraged to do that. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not going to do that. That's just, that just looks, gonna, yeah. it makes you look like, so, you know, a wet diaper and you don't want, yeah. people don't want to be with you if you have a wet diaper. So I actually, and the, <laughs> that, that is true. <laughs> so. Well, I've been lucky. I've never had anything go bad other than that. And it was, it was resolved. So if something did go bad, I actually don't know what to do. Like, I yeah, guess sometimes I there is no recourse. You just got to fade on. Like when Blue Apron, I had a big deal with Blue Apron. I made, I don't know, maybe like $10,000 spot or something. And I didn't get paid for months. And I, I didn't get paid so long. I forgot that they owed me money. I completely, I'm like, and I had to go back through my banking and I'm like, wait, I never did get paid by them. Like I was so much time had faded. And I asked my agent, he's like, let me work on it. And they apparently were having fun. I don't know, is Blue Apron still a thing? Are they still in business? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think so. Because well, it was like I, I was like when four or five of these food delivery services all came out at the same time. I eventually got paid, but it was one of those things where you're like, you, you wrote a bunch of money by a company and then they might just go out of business, you know? Yeah. But I never really, so I, had I, can't, couple... I can't think of anybody in particular that, that, you know, I would be embarrassed to bring up again because one thing or another i can't honestly think of anybody i'm not saying there isn't i just can't maybe bob when you talk maybe it'll jog my memory well so i had two of them one was nordvpn which is a service that i used in there it's a vpn service <clears throat> and um i reached out to them to try to get a sponsorship because i had already used the product and i liked it and i thought it was a good idea to be safe and this and that and they have all these features that i like and then this was a kind of a weird one because I did the sponsorship and then months later we were talking to him again and then it came out that they had had a data breach at some point. And so a lot of, I actually don't know all the details, so I don't want to misquote like the details here, but they lost some usernames or some passwords, but I don't think both. So it wasn't actually dangerous. It didn't actually cause a problem, but it still it was a breach. And anytime you have a data breach, that company people lose a lot of confidence in the company and they worry about their safety, which is totally valid. Um, I don't think it was effectively a problem for a lot of people, but it was one of those perception things where it just has this, the security company has a data breach that immediately nullifies their validity in like the whole thing. And we were talking to him about doing another sponsorship. So then I was confronted with, well, I could like maybe try to stand up for him and acknowledge the, the problem in a spot, but say that I, you know, maybe try to help them put out the details. But then ultimately it was like, it's not my company. It's not worth, it's not worth trying to go to bat for somebody that I really don't have any affiliation with. And 
what if there's something bigger going on there than what I realize? You know, like, I don't know what what other stuff may come out. Like, maybe I do another spot trying to help them out. And then a week later, it's like, turns out that they're, I don't know, terrorists, something, something. I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue. So Something but that... So, so that oh, one, I just, like, I ended up... Sorry, I was just... For that one, I just kind of had to, like, cut my losses and say, like, I don't know if this is going to be a bad thing going forward for me or for them, but it's not worth putting anything... I mean, I'm responsible for families now, not just my own family. And like, there's no sponsor worth uh, kind of getting in hot water for at all. So something that has helped me, one of these days, I want to be, I'm, I'm hoping to get represented by an agency like you guys are that to handle all this crap. Um, but right now I'm, I'm still doing it all by myself. But one of the things that helped me is, Many times the sponsorship deals, it's a handshake, it's an email agreement, and you, you know, it, you're off and running. And then sometimes it's like, it's like a two page thing that look, it's saying what they want and you have to sign something and both parties protected. And then every once in a while, I'll get like this 10 page, it's all in legal speak. And it's like, there's no way I'm going to read this. And I've gone back to them and said, Hey, I would have to send this to my lawyer to review. Uh, I'm going to back out or or why otherwise you can simplify the agreement. And they've come back with a simple bullet that's pointed a, agreement. Good. That's a really oh, that's really? A yeah. piece of advice. That's happened twice now. Yeah. Wow. Yep. 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 I like that. That is a that is a big problem for a lot of people when they first get into like contract stuff. Because I mean, I I hate that stuff too. Like, <laughs> I look at those contracts and I'm like, I don't know what I'm signing. I don't want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um. Did you have something, Jimmy? Oh no, I was going to say when I, I I was I did a couple of NordVPN ads, and then I was offered like a package, like four of them, and I said to my my agent, I was like, you know what, I it's good money, and I just I don't want to do it because my fans are immediately like, Nord doesn't work in the third capital of the, the district of uh, Uganda. So <laughs> I'm like, I, oh, I got all these comments like, oh yeah, that was great until my computer got hacked. You know, so everyone has these personal circumstances, and I'm not saying that Nord is bad. It's just how do you utilize it? Maybe you're not doing it right. And on top of that, people were attacking me like, "You don't know anything about computers. Why are you pitching computers?" I'm like, "I'm just trying to pay my rent, bro." Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of bro. course I know nothing about computers. I'm not trying to say I do. I'm reading a script. Lay off. Yeah. So uh, yeah. it's part of what I talked about on stage this weekend. It's like it would be. It's really nice, and it's not always attainable. It's really nice to be able to just use a welder and get paid well. Just use a grinder and get paid well and not have to ever say this you know as long as the people see the consistency that you're always using the same grinder you're always using the same welder you're always using the same leather tools that's it you don't have to do a script those are like dream deals and so uh, i'm reluctant like i talked we talked about this last week where it's like it's tough to have to you know take the call of war which keeps attacking me this week i'm getting warred on by the call of war do an ad do an ad do an ad and <laughs> And, and like, I, I could just say, you know what? You're offering me this. Give me twice this. And if they say yes, I'll be like, hmm, I don't have to do a Call of War ad. Maybe I'll come up with something creative. Like what Colin Furze has been Vikings doing. Clan of Boats. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to clash clash of the Titan boat tank drivers. War clan. <laughs> boat tanks. Boat tanks. <laughs> yeah. Coming all, at you. We all get that a lot. 
<laughs> but Colin Firth, so another, Colin um, Firth is doing this amazing series on his, like this rotation. Yeah. Uh, I love Colin. He's just like everything he does is, is awesome. You see, lately he's doing this thing. I don't. He might, he might have done it before, where he's talking and then his head pops up and he just goes blah 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 blah. <laughs> he's like he's, he's making fun of himself <laughs> with like an insert of himself. He's like getting like yeah. he's like mansplaining how to weld and then he just goes blah 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 blah. <laughs> 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 or he's welding and then he, he scares himself from behind. He jumps in the room and yells at himself and then jumps back out. <laughs> I have not oh seen Oh, my that. God. You got to watch part two of the tank series that he's doing. It's like War of Tanks on the Water. And so he's doing a really hard push, but he's making something super cool that kind of pertains to that. So yeah. that video of his series of his is inspiring me to maybe go over the edge with this thing. I'm not saying they're out for me a well, series, but I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We actually tried to pull something like that off a couple of years ago. There was one of those video games. I've never done a spot for a video game because I'm terrible at them and I'm not going to play them. Um, but one of the games was like, it was like Clan of Boats or some, it was some boat thing. And we were like, <laughs> I don't know what it was. And so my agent was like, you don't want to do this thing, right? And I said, well, not unless they let me build a boat. Like if we can build a stupid boat right. that, you know, has some really weird function and... He got really excited about it. They got really excited about it. And then when it came down to it, they were just like, no, we'll just go to the 10 other people who are willing to do the ad read right. and whatever, whatever, right. you know. But I, My funny um, story with that ad read, and it's kind of classic if people know me personally, I did an ad read about a year ago for something having to do, it might be the same company that does like boats and video games on a phone. And I, my agent, this is when I was like, I'm never doing one of these again. So I said to my agent, I'm like, no, I, I go, I'll only do it if I can pretend to be the person that knows nothing about it. And then he sent me back their quote, we oh, love yeah. this idea. That's a great idea. And so I did this whole thing where Brett whispered all the details into my ear. And their first, their first response to a hilariously funny, almost two minute long clip was, can Jimmy pretend that he knows at least a little bit of something about the game? <laughs> <laughs> And we took a two-minute thing me and Brett did that was I thought was very funny. Even my agent, who thinks everything is like, he's like, whatever, whatever, whatever. He's like, wow, this is super funny. Um, he, it, We ended up taking a two-minute thing, cutting it down to a minute, making it extremely boring at a minute long, where it was super funny at two minutes long. And whatever. They were happy, and I got paid. But so that's just a funny little story. The, the other um, kind of thing I had with the sponsor, and this is probably more of a precautionary tale for people. Um, so th- there was like a, I think it was called design crowd and it was, and I think a lot of us have done spots. I for did them. that one. Yeah. And, and so it was like, you know, if you need a logo, go to this site, put in your info and then people kind of like make logos and you pick one and then you pay the person that you picked. And I'm thinking like, I, that seems fair enough. If designers are willing to sign up for that service, do that work, and then I choose the one that gets paid, like, they're, they're putting themselves in that position. And that was my understanding of it from a non-designer point of view. And so I thought it was a good deal, uh, a good service for people who don't have the ability to do it themselves. So we did the spot. And as soon as that spot went live, people got super angry. And the thing was from a designer point of view from the you know the group of people who call themselves graphic designers and get paid for their work that is called spec work and it's where you do the work you give the work with no guarantee of being paid and so you and and I hadn't even thought about it from this perspective you end up with 10 20 100 designers doing 
effectively the same amount of work, submitting it, and then you can either like rip them off and not pay them, or you just pick one of those hundred people and pay that one person and everybody else is going back to the drawing board. Now, granted, I will say that I know for a fact, a lot of the people on there have canned designs that all they do is change out the letters, submit the thing. And then if it gets picked, it, it is never used again. And then they have another design that's, you know, they'll change out the colors and for the next person. So I know it's not like a tortured artists who spend tons of time on things for every single one of these campaigns. But I still didn't know that spec work was a thing uh, that was a problem for artists because a lot of artists who pay, who need to get paid for their work can't get the work because there's other people doing it for free. And this kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier, David, where like it lowers for the entire industry, somebody coming in and doing something for super cheap or for free lowers the uh, you know, the floor for the entire industry. And so it lowers the value of the skill that it takes to do that thing. And I had no idea, but the ad was already out. It was already, I'd already been paid and it was pretty good money. It was, and we had more in the chain, like we were going to be doing more spots for him. And I was kind of stuck. Like, how do I respond to this? How do I, I had no idea that this was an issue and I totally agree that it's an issue after the fact, but like, yeah, then what do you do? Yeah. Oh, I just want to apologize if Tonka reaches out to anybody and you're offered to make a stool for free. I just want to apologize. <laughs> I think, so I had that same deal and I, I had, uh, I got the, it was right at the same time and I immediately got the same feedback from the audience and I was like, oh crap. And I had one more spot to do with them like a couple weeks later and I didn't know how to approach them because there was a thing that I signed. And I think at the time I reached out to you, Bob, and you're like, yeah, my agent yeah. is going to handle it. And I was like, man, this is this is a good time to have an agent. But I just ended up doing the second spot and just, you know, taking the negative comments mm. and then learning from it and then understanding I'm not going to do these types of ads. Bob, did you get out of it? Did you Did you cut it off? Yeah, we were able to cut it off. And basically it was just like... I'm not comfortable. This kind of unknowingly goes against, you know, it, it just had a bad vibe to me after that. And I was unintentionally causing problems for a lot of people. It wasn't that people were complaining. It's that their complaints were valid from a perspective that I just mm-hmm. couldn't see mm-hmm. ahead of time. So we, we went, we went and told them, this is just a thing I'm not comfortable with. And even though we signed for the other one, I'm not going to hold you liable for the money that you promised. And you're not going to hold me liable for the content. And they were like, Cool. Sounds good. It walked away. It was all good. What, like, what, no big deal. Did you say the name of that company? D- uh, it was Design Crowd. Oh, I, I was going to say, because mm-hmm. I was approached when Fiverr was really hitting everybody. And I still don't. And I didn't then. They explained it to me five times. And I was just like, so what happens? How, how, how does this work? <laughs> so I couldn't yeah. get my head around Fiverr and what it was and how it works. And I just, I said to my agent, forget it. I don't really understand what, I don't, if I read this script, I don't even understand what's saying. So I passed on a campaign for Fiverr about two years ago when they were all over the place. I still, I know some people use it. I still don't understand. Does that mean, I don't think you only pay $5 for something. It sounds ultimately ridiculous. I mean, that goes against. Honestly, I don't know. It was one of those things that didn't seem good to me. So I never (laughs) like really looked into it. So basically you can offer a service on Fiverr so you can find you can find a graphic designer a web developer a voiceover guy somebody who can right. knit you a, a a sock or whatever and i think you have to have 
at least one level of your service at five bucks, but you can have levels right. above that. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So it's like um, a, it's like a 99 cent store that sells things for 10 bucks. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, yeah. So anyway, if, yeah. if you're looking for, uh, in, into the sponsorship stuff, a lot of the people that went to WorkbenchCon are now super motivated to go find sponsors to make their, their dreams happen. Don't just take everything that comes your way, you know, like maybe ask around uh, if it's especially if it's industry specific or about something that you just are not knowledgeable about. Find somebody that is in that world and ask them about it and get an opinion there because you may be getting into something that you just really don't even realize is bad or different or, you know, trust your gut. Seriously, like that's going to tell if, if it doesn't feel right, it's probably not right. Yeah, another and a really important thing is. I had this conversation with uh, one of the uh, the female influencers who's do- who's doing well. She's she was a little frustrated uh, because the ad agency between her and the client is dictating what her her video should be, and she's like, every- and she has several videos with this client, and she's like, every time I do it, it does well. Every time they do it, it doesn't do well. I said, well, exactly. Pull out those metrics. Show the metrics. Metrics. I don't know. Why I can't say the word this morning. Metrics. Show the metrics. And she, I go, can you prove it? She's like, I can absolutely prove it. I was like, print them out and say, every time you guys art direct, this is what happens. Every time I art direct, this is what happens. And just take charge. And I said, if you're starting to feel really comfortable about it, just back out. And she's like, I need the money. I was like, well, then, you know what? Another thing to do is if it's too difficult to work with this art director or this director of copy, flat out take what they give you and say, you know what? I'm stranded on a deserted island, and this is all I have to work with. How can I take this and make it the best I possibly can? Instead of just being sour grapes, I'm going to read your thing and prove you wrong, that you know, you're know you not creative. And yeah. she's like, wow, that's another great way to look at it. So mm-hmm. that's another little piece of advice up there. Hmm. Yeah. That is good advice. Good advice. Um, you guys got anything else on this? I do have something else that came out, and it just occurred to me. I just made the note. I must have talked to, if I talked to 100 people, 99 of them had an audition with a TV show in the last couple of months. (laughs) (laughs) And now a TV show only has six people on it or seven people. So I just want, if those 99 people are listening, (laughs) 99% of the people I spoke to, I tried to tell, everyone's like, what do you think? Think I should do it? I'm like, it has nothing to do with what you want. You're basically offering yourself to be chosen and you may or may not be chosen. So a lot of people I spoke to think they have the gig because of the enthusiasm of the casting person. They're not going to say, well, you know, your name's in a hopper. You're probably not going to get picked. They don't leave you with that sentiment. They leave you with that sentiment. Wow, you're perfect. This is so great. Great. Wow. Wonderful. Great. We'll be back to you. Which means your name is going. They never, <laughs> they never, ever, ever come back to you and say never. no. Like I've had They will never tell you, calls. okay, you have a free summer. You can go do what you want. So... Yeah. So I'm just Never putting it out there. No. If anybody that was at the show that I had conversations with, I did actually have a lot of personal interactions and tell people this advice, considering I, I'm becoming like the uh, YouTube authority on television interactions. <laughs> you have an audition. It goes great. Just forget you had it. Because just be pleasantly surprised when they call you back. Because a lot of people have this misconception of the, it went great, they have the gig. And... It's just that that's why this is right. This is where the rubber meets the road, where everyone says Hollywood will tear you up and spit you out. And you just got to be thick skinned and know that this audition was just a drip in the bucket towards you developing your personal ability to interact with strangers. And that's it. You know? hmm. And 
I think it's important. People say, what should I do? I said, take the audition. Because, and another good thing is take the audition because these casting directors cast televisions, Kurt commercials, movies, all kinds of stuff. And they'll be like, oh my God, we need a, a, a handsome young bald guy with glasses and a beard. That guy I spoke to about that other show. Call that guy Petruto up. We can have him in this car commercial. And that's exactly how people get cast. So take these conversations with these people, get on their radar, and know that whatever that is you're talking about that day is probably never, ever going to happen. But if you never have the conversation, nothing will ever happen. And that's, that's the only thing you really mm-hmm. do know. So you got to like venture into the unknown just knowing that it's really just another tiny brick in the wall towards you know, your, your, your influencer game. I just want to point out that uh, Jimmy called you handsome. Yeah. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I accept. <laughs> okay. I'm and sure I agree. That. <laughs> All right. I'm going to thank our Patreon supporters. A couple of things I want to point out here. One, unrelated to this podcast, our Maker Alliance, uh, which is Patreon and YouTube supporters for I Like to Make Stuff. We got to meet up with a lot of them at WorkbenchCon and go out to dinner, spend time with them. And that was super awesome. We also, so thanks to all them for for hanging out. There's a lot of those same people um, that are in the Patreon for this podcast. And um, we got to see a lot of them. Caleb, who's on the list here, um, Fun, t- Fun Kiss Artistic Creations, they were around. I guess say hi to them. Uh, Chad from Mancrafting was there. Works by Solo. Bernie is always around. Great to see him. Um, they're in our top. Oh, Jenny and Davis, they were there. Um but also in our, our kind of top tier, uh, Blondie Hacks, uh, Odin Leather Goods. Who else? I got out of order here. Maker in Training, Corey Ward, and Albert Woodworks. That whole crew are our top supporters over there, but there's a whole bunch of other people that are also helping us out, and we're really, really grateful. Got to meet a few people, like Rich uh, Leon, Loin, Lo- 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 I don't know how you say your last name, Rich. I'm sorry. Sat down and had lunch with Rich. Super nice. Oh, man. Rich is awesome. Um, he came to a class. Yeah. Anyway, we're really grateful for the Patreon support. Um, all those people over there at every single level, it all helps. It, it helps us do the show. Uh, the feedback and the comments and stuff we get from them are really, really awesome. So thank you all for the support. And if anybody else wants to jump on that and get the after show, all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash making it and join at any level. And you get more of us. Mm-hmm which I don't know why you would want or why you would want to listen to 250 episodes. This is episode 250. Whoa. But people do. So, uh, How's your postcards yeah. coming out? Thank whoop, you oh, man. Mine's done. I'm waiting on you guys. <laughs> mine's d- done. Mine's done. And then people answer a question done? with a question like, mine's done. <laughs> That's it. All right. Who's got something cool to recommend I do. this week? I do. Go for it. And I, Bob, I believe you got to play with one over the weekend. But my pick of the week is Bernie from Works by Solo. He has a video. Oh, oh Bernie's on the best. His. He's a really good guy. I got to hang out with him for a full day last summer. And uh, he has this little fidgety gear toy thing. And I want one so bad. Like, it looks so cool. It's very cool. I haven't got to touch one, so I want to like, hear what Bob It looks like the drivetrain of off of, uh, of, a, of, of like, a little circus bike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> it is super cool. It's extremely well-made, and when I saw it, I'm thinking, like, there's a bike chain around two things, so it's going to be kind of floppy and kind of, you know, like, the chain will have some, some bounce to it. It's like... 
it just it fits together really mm. well and the tension is right and it's it's really really cool it's fun to play with and so I, I signed up for his newsletter to be notified when his next batch goes out it's going to be my uh my little my little fidget toy at the races this year oh that's cool yeah that's a good idea it was also interesting talking to Bernie about learning because he got a bridge for it recently too and has figured out a lot of the the stuff. You know, he's ahead of me a bit in learning. And so that was kind of cool to talk about that and metal lathe and all those types of things. Uh, what you got, Jimmy? Oh, I want to talk about First Build, who was trying to stalk you guys, or you guys were stalking them, and you guys never really actually met up. I spoke with Anthony. I tried to hook him up with Randy, but Randy had to go early. Randy and Katie from First Build were at the show, and it was really great to hang out with them. And they're on episode two of the the duress to collaboration go-kart build for July 4th at the East Durham racetrack here. So go, first build and I are going to collaborate. They're going to basically build a killer go-kart with a real rotary engine. And they're going to send it up to me. I'm going to prep it and get it ready. And I'm going to put some decorations and some like flame cuts on it and stuff. So they're really doing the, the, the lion's share of the work down there. That's a big team effort. And so go check out first build for the go-kart series build, which is, is, which I'm associated with. And that's all for goodwill. There's no money. There's no pay. That's all just for goodwill. I just want to make sure everybody understands that I'm not pushing first build because they pay me. I'm pushing them because I love them. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're actually talking about doing something with them. Uh, well, actually it's not us. We were told about a meetup that's going to be there. That's kind of a Kentucky wide yeah. uh, maker meetup thing at first build. And that's, that's really cool. I, I made some Kentucky happen. connections with first build this week, not only you, but a couple of other teams of guys. And I mean, you guys have already known them, but I, I connected them with a couple of other teams and it was really nice to see that they're like, Oh my God, we guys are like, we're in the same vicinity and we're only now meeting. So yeah. it's awesome. I'm happy first yeah. build is really starting to develop a community down there. Yeah, for sure. Well, this engine on this go-kart, what, what the heck is that? It's from a Mazda. I think it's from a Mazda oh Miata. I think. That's not a go-kart. That's a, <laughs> that's a plane, a jet plane with the wheels. The first conversation we had was they were going to do an electric car, but then somebody there was like, let's go crazy. So Yeah, they went crazy. <laughs> oh, I'm nervous. I got to reinforce the fence off the cliff side. The go-kart track is at the back of it is on a cliff. There's a cliff that goes Perfect. down about, it goes down about 50 feet. To the Without water. danger, like is it thing. really racing? <laughs> no, right, right. <laughs> Again, a lot of people are like, how many cars can be on the track at once? I would say only two, just in this context. It's really just, we're just going to do time trials. That's it. We'll see who has the best time without flipping the rig. That's best. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, mine, I'm trying to find, uh, where is it? Okay, got it. Um, so there's this family. Um, and I'm probably going to say the last name wrong. I think it's Young. And so their channel is called The Young Makers. There's this family, oh, yeah. and we They're met great. them probably four years ago or something at a maker fair. I don't know, a long time ago. They're up in Northeast somewhere. I don't remember exactly where. Two boys and parents. The parents run a shop that apparently does really amazing work and has really amazing machines and stuff like that. And they, the boys are just a part of it. And they... And they're like maybe young teens or something, but they know tons of stuff. They, as a family, make all sorts of things. And so we run into them every year. It's always good to see them. And they're always telling us about this crazy stuff that they've made. 
Um, and they put up a video just recently. It only has 55 views, and it needs to have a lot more than that. <laughs> I actually haven't watched the video yet, so I'm not claiming anything about it. But the people are awesome. Yeah, they're so the they're so involved supported. in the community. They're great. They came to the Catskill Maker event, and they're coming again. They live in the Boston area, and they're they're just yeah. awesome. And the young boys, I, I met them a couple years ago at Maker Fair when the youngest was really young, and they were trying to raise money. Yeah. They were selling cutting boards to try and raise money to buy a CNC machine, and they're way beyond that now. So it's I'm happy to see those oh, guys. Yeah. Those guys are going to just keep killing it. Yeah. So this new video is an eight and a half foot gas powered family skateboard. I saw that. It was so they it was at the it was at stand on the skateboard. <laughs> it was at the Catskill Maker Camp. It was crazy. Oh, they had yeah, it. Yeah, oh, was, cool. Stuart was nice. driving it around. That's awesome. Anyway, I, I just want to shout them out because they they're always around and they're super nice and super cool and um, they're doing good stuff and they're doing it as a unit as a family and I think that is that is fantastic. So go give them some love. Also, I um actually had a kind of a tip that I wanted to share that somebody or a couple people mentioned after last week. So last week we were talking about you know like hobbies and things that we wanted to do and I was talking about language. And how it's it's hard to learn. I'm still learning Italian. It's kind of hard to do because I don't have anybody to speak it with. And so I feel like there's kind of a deficiency there of the actual practice of speaking. I can read it better than I can speak it. And I had several people say, take the things that you're currently interested in and mix them and look for content around that. So basically they were saying like, go look for aquarium videos because that's what you're thinking about right now that are spoken in Italian and just start watching Italian aquarium videos yeah. or whatever your, whatever your interests are. And I'm like, so cool. That's genius. That is great. Like, why didn't I think of that? And a couple of people said basically that same thing in different ways. So surprisingly finding Italian aquarium videos is a little bit difficult, but that is something I'm going to be trying to do. So if you're, anyway, if you're trying to learn a language, just a little tip from our hmm. awesome listeners I wanted to share because I thought that was a really cool thing. And can I, All right. just, to, just to end off this episode, look what just came into my... Yeah. Look, you see what that says? That's the New York Post. Can you see who that is? Oh, yeah. You yeah. see what he's sitting oh, on? Wow. Shaquille O'Neal sitting yeah. on a oh. stool <laughs> that I may have given away for free, but now I am in the New York Post. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Doesn't mention my Thank name you. in the article, but he's in the picture. Thank you. So. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for uh, this time, unless you guys got anything else. That's it. <laughs> Love it. Cool. Thank you. Love it. All right. Love it. See you guys next time. Later.